We start this programming today with a special announcement. Dallas, Texas, we're coming for you. Yes. We are so excited. We have a live show on Thursday, October 19th at the Texas Theater. The doors are at 7. The show is at 8. There are general admission and VIP tickets still available. VIP gets you a signed poster and access to our post-show Q&A. And My favorite part. Those Q&As so get kind of ruckus. They get so buck. <laughs> I feel We're like- all wasted by the end. <laughs> it's so fun. And we tell all. We, we definitely tell all. There have been proposals. They are not uh, recorded. Yeah. The, the venue staff are always like, what is happening? So anyway, uh, splurge for the VIP ticket if uh, you're so inclined. And you can get yours now at wineandcrimepodcast.com. Go check it out. Dallas going to be there soon, baby. We'll see you on October 19th. We'll see you there. Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah, we do. Oh, sure yeah. do. Mid Atlantic accent. Well, sometimes when the episode calls when for it, when it calls, yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll burst into any other kind of accent, but there's only one that's really authentic to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a warm hug. A warm mm. hug. Warm. <laughs> a warm embrace. Who are we? <laughs> oh, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. I'm Amanda, and I am thrilled to announce what that, now? I, that I went to bed in <laughs> hog girl summer, and I woke up in hog girl fall. Yes. Oh, today is a Amazing. It's cloudy. Finally happening. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been a hundred degrees here every day for like a week and a half. I've got I a three wick fall candle happening. Oh. Yes. It's still 86 degrees here, but there's not <laughs> going to be a day above 86 on the horizon. That ain't uh, right. So that'll get you in October. Here. It's something. I'll take it. 65? God mm-hmm. damn it. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's real nice here. Yeah, it's so, gorgeous. I was it's amped gorgeous. about my low 80s. No, I made myself a little a hot matcha. I, I enjoyed it in my cozy sweater that used to be poppies. And I sat out front, had my little morning b- warm almond milk matcha latte. Mm-hmm. Gal. <laughs> next next week there's like a high Ow. of 67 and rain. Mm. Oh my god. I can't wait. Here for it. I have at least another month before we get there. That's yeah. Okay, you'll get there, honey. Yeah. Mm. And then before you know it, we'll be bitching about winter. That's oh true. Oh god, it's coming. Mm-hmm. That's true. But for no foul. Foul. Non sequitur, we have something to plug for the fall. Butt plugs. Butt plugs. We're going to be doing a live show in Dallas. Woo! Woo! We freaking love 
Dallas. We, we really do. Texas is fun. Yeah, I like Texas. doing my Texas bow. Yeah. All the yellow roses, all the songs. We yeah. hate your politics, but hate. we do like your fun people. We yeah. like your people that also hate your politics. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so we're doing a Dallas live show. It's going to be Thursday, October 19th at the Texas Theater. Mm-hmm. And... We are taking part in this year's Obsessed Fest. Oh, we're so excited. I'm so so pumped. It's going to be the best. Brought to you by the Obsessed Network. Uh, That's going to be also in Dallas, October 20th through 22nd. Mm -hmm. Just go to our website for more info and links to buy tickets to neither, neither, either, or both. That website is wineandcrimepodcast.com. All right, we're going to see you in Texas, y'all. I'm going to have my fuck Ted Cruz crop top dry cleaned for the occasion. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Make sure she's in tip-tap shape. Mm -hmm. I wore my abortion access is a community responsibility shirt in an XL over my big old belly. God bless. Oh, I love that. (laughs) All right. Well, moving on, Amanda. No, we need to tell the topic. Mm -hmm. We've done this 334 times. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, we have selected. It's a hog girl fall. Mm -hmm. We've selected the topic of maritime murders. Mm. Get back Mm. to the ocean. Dip your toe in. That's right. Try to avoid prosecution. Those lapping waves (laughs) and forget about all of the human waste that's been oh, dumped. God. We'll get to it. No! <laughs> just the tons and tons of cruise ship diarrhea. Oh, we'll get no! to it. Plopped right on in there. All right. Mm. Well, Amanda, what's oh. a wine crime pairing for maritime murders? I do have a fun bottle for us today. I personally am not drinking it because it's the middle of the day and I have an affair to drive to afterward. Mm -hmm. So I know that once I pop, Mandy cannot stop. And so I have to be (laughs) able to operate a motor vehicle. Fair. But my case this week takes place in the Pacific. So I grabbed my bottle of Pacificana Chardonnay. Nice. Beautiful. Which, as I'm not usually a Chardonnay person, I really like this one. It's barrel fermented, but it's not like overly butterly or super oaky. It sips a little bit cleaner, a little bit more like, uh, say, a Viognier or like a... Pinot Gris. What's Lucy's favorite? Sauve Blanc. Mm -hmm. Yep. So this is a California-style Chardonnay, and it's uh, allegedly, and also can confirm because I've had it before embodies the bold pioneering spirit of the California landscape and those who call it home. It's a happy place where the mountains meet the sand and the great Pacific meets the sky, the waves breaking under its clear, sunny veil. Okay. Mm, That paints a picture. It does paint a picture, but it also doesn't tell us anything about the tasting notes. But what you can expect from this are hints of like toasted coconut. That's where some of your butteriness is going to come from, but not as much of a old lady palate blaster. You're going to get some nice fresh apple, a little bit of acidity, like some pineapple notes, mm. a little bit of vanilla, vanilla from that barrel aging. Vanilla. Vanilla. But uh, it vanilla this has vanilla scab. <laughs> but this one has a higher acidity, so that's going to like cut through some of that butteriness and uh, find a little bit more of a balanced and rich white wine. Mm. She also clocks in at 13.7% ABV. So delicate. She packs, she's delicate, but she's not, she's not nothing. Mm-hmm. She'll she, get you weird. 
<laughs> if you commit. <laughs> she's no shrinking violet. She's no shrinking violet. Mm-hmm. And also, she is a cracker, so you can very easily open this without any tool beyond the mouth, elbow pit, or hand. Mm-hmm. So cheers if you're drinking, cheers. and if you're not, enjoy your bubble water. Me. Yeah, we're recording during the Flat day, water. and we're all in our mid-30s now, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Drink again? I drank drank three weeks ago. <laughs> I know. I what did, am I? <laughs> I did have a, a cheeky glass of Sauv Blanc last night, and it was Ooh. delish. Cue it. Yeah. So that's yeah, where still that's where we're at. Over here. I had a dark and stormy the other night just for Ooh. funsies, and it was delish. Oh, that's good I, for maritime murders. A dark and stormy oh, is good. That would be really good for maritime murders. What was I thinking? Well, mm-hmm. you can make that too. I did spill some SpaghettiOs on my Lake Superior shirt. Also good that's for maritime a, murders. That's, I wore this shirt for maritime murders. So that's I didn't what that change. I just wiped it off. Yeah, you can see it. It's just little. <laughs> right there. Well, maybe you could just rub some cheesecake on it and it'll even oh. out. Oh. <laughs> Are you still on that train? It's so cute. I'm never getting off that train. Yeah, she <laughs> sent us train a picture of cheesecake on a menu like four days ago. <laughs> oh my God. With no context. <laughs> so for Zach's recent birthday, uh, we went to this new Mediterranean, like Israeli slash Arabic spot in Called Louisville. the Cheesecake Factory, Louisville. Oh. Uh, I wish. No, we so uh, authentic. They have gone really downhill since they got rid of their kale Caesar salad, and we mm. have not ordered from them in a while. But no, we went to this place <laughs> called Mish Mish, and it was so freaking good. It's Yum. for people in Louisville. It's in Nulu. It's so good. And we had for dessert chocolate babka with Yum. a cream cheese spread Yum. on a board. Yum. Yum. It Lucy's about to. <laughs> Kool-Aid man through the computer <laughs> to get to Louisville for this vodka. It was oh yeah, so oh yeah. Good. It was like a sweet cream cheese spread, like almost like a in between cream cheese and like a frosting. Okay. Oh, like a buttercream kind of a thing. Yeah, on my way. Fuck. Spread on a board with a thing on of like way. decadent babka, like good ass babka. And then my brilliant husband. I don't know if I've ever been more attracted to him in my life. <laughs> Was like mm-hmm. talking to the waitress and, or the server, and he was like, So, you know, I want this babka, but you can't have babka without cold milk. Do you mm-hmm. have any cold milk? And she was like, Let me talk to Chef. And she came back with a beautiful, chilled glass topped <laughs> off of cold milk. Oh, it like was whole so milk. beautiful. I mean, I hate milk, but even that sounds decent to that me. That sounds good. And now they're going to be adding shots of cold milk to the babka board, to the Look menu. At you. Oh my God, You've made I've waves. never been more attracted to your husband. I know. He's <laughs> mm. genius. Yeah. Fabulous. So anyway, that's my shout out. It came out of, I don't remember the. Maritime murder. Yeah. <laughs> babka. Cheesecake. Nailed it. It all goes okay. back. <laughs> Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for maritime murders? There's no psych except for the effect that my notes are going to have on Amanda. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Everyone's favorite psych. <laughs> okay. According to the OED, one of my side chicks, <laughs> the word maritime, which means connected with the sea, especially in relation to seafaring commercial or military activity, mm. comes from the Latin word marit- maritimus. 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 
Maritimus. We usually hear the word maritime in relation to maritime law, also referred to as admiralty ad, admiralty law. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't say that. Nailed it. Which is the body of law that governs navigation and shipping. So even though these two words are usually used interchangeably, they're technically not the same thing when you get down to courtroom definitions, but we don't need to know about that. So I'm no. not even going to tell you about that. Great. So I'm just going to call it maritime. It's all maritime for this episode. Great. Love it. So regarding the U.S., maritime laws govern navigation and shipping not only in U.S. tidal waters, T-I-D-A-L, tidal. Okay. But also any waters within the U.S. used for navigation. So we've got bays, channels, large lakes, Lake Superior, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with or without SpaghettiO stain. Mm-hmm. I prefer with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously. Long rivers, passages and canals between the lakes, because I didn't realize till recently when we were at Split Rock Lighthouse that mm-hmm. you can get from the fucking Atlantic Ocean to Duluth, Minnesota, from sure all the channels to the Great Lakes. Yeah, yeah. shipping, It's baby. not like the easiest route, but you can do it. There was a Nigerian ship right off, right by our hotel. Mm-hmm. It's from Nigeria. Well... There are a lot of ships that have that fly flags of random ass countries because then they don't have to submit to certain like regulatory bullshit. Ah, so, so it could have been that. So there are a well, lot of like ships that fly like Liberian flags or whatever. But that whatever. said, it's still physically possible yeah. to make it. Right. Yeah. Yes. I also Very didn't cool. see any flag. I just heard a rumor from someone who lived there that that was that Nigerian ship that's been there for like eight months or something trying to get its like papers to come ashore and like drop off their shit so they can fucking leave. That that sounds like a nightmare. Sound great. Yeah. No, it was. What's on the ship? I don't know. I didn't ask. Hopefully nothing perishable. The queen of the no follow-up to a very interesting (laughs) tidbit. I don't know. I just heard it from like a local. So then I (laughs) I don't know. I was there for one fucking reason only. (laughs) I was. The jacuzzi next to the bed in my hotel room. That's true. That was real nice. (laughs) That was nice. Um, Okay. So navigable waters, another word I can't fucking say are divided into territorial waters, which are close to the land, and high seas, which are further away from the land. Some related topics include shipping, navigation, waters, commerce, seamen, <coughs> towage, wharves, which is plural, wharfs, wharves, wharfs, fair, chefs, piers and docks, insurance, maritime liens, canals, recreation, and Piracy. Yeah, baby. Cool. So I was kind of curious about territorial waters. So I found this from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Quote, each coastal state may claim a territorial sea that extends seaward up to 12 nautical miles from the shore. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The, the coastal state ex- exercises sovereignty over its territorial sea. The airspace above it and the seabed and subsoil beneath it. Mm-hmm. So I have a photo which will is on the drive, which will be on the blog of like the territorial waters that b- belong to the U.S. Mm-hmm. This is kind of interesting. I kind of thought that once you were like a couple miles out, it was just all like a free every for man all. for himself. Well, there need there needed to be a line because otherwise, you know, you could just have like Russian mm-hmm. subs 
just like right next to all of our bays. And it I have to imagine like also for like offshore drilling and all kinds of things like yep. that. You'd want to establish some sort of ownership of that area. Yep. And like what's it called if you're like fleeing from one country to another country? Mm. Refugee? Yeah, I Re- don't asylum seeking. Asylum? I yeah. don't know how that works if maybe it yeah, maybe the country whose territorial waters it is. Is are responsible, responsible, but I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it counts if you make it to the water as the asylum seeker. If that counts as like having reached that country or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a. There was a lot of information out there, and I did. <laughs> it was too much to wade through. Okay. Uh, to get every Boo. answer that I was wondering about. Sure. So there are state maritime laws, which I sort of just mentioned, but also general federal maritime laws that precede all the state laws. Mm-hmm. Supersede. Um, the common law does not act as a binding precedent on admiralty courts, but it and other laws may be used when there, when no other law on the point is available. So it's their backup laws. Mm-hmm. Usually when we think of maritime law, we think of all the possible loopholes associated with maritime laws. Mm -hmm. According to Global Citizen, there are multiple things that people can get away with at sea because very frequently countries lack the willpower and resources to enforce maritime law. Tell me all of the loopholes (laughs) for a friend. I'm going to buy a boat. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting myself a seaworthy vessel. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <sighs> Those things exactly. include water pollution. So p- you can just go out to wherever and dump a bunch of crude oil or whatever if you want to. Cool. Easier than getting rid of it, you know, the so-called ethical way. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Ditto for air pollution, kidnapping, mm-hmm. raiding the pirates, piracy. Mm-hmm. Labor exploitation. We talked about this when our cruise ship disappearances. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of the staff and crew on cruise ships are like massively crazy exploited. underpaid and exploited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like not allowed to leave. Great. Similarly, slavery. Yikes. Murder. Also went over a lot of that on cruise ship disappearances. Mm-hmm. Resource exploitation. So I'm assuming that would be like overfishing, mm-hmm. for example. Okay. And also debt avoidance. So okay. now we're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> I just okay. gotta move out to the ocean, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Try and get me to pay my student <laughs> loans back. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something like maybe I should get a boat? A bunch of like Russian oligarchs were like living on their boats. On their yachts, probably. On their mm-hmm. yachts to I mean, avoid prosecution. They'd have to dock, but yeah. But, like, would they? If they had enough money, they could get a boat to come out and, like, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just give them everything they refill. need. Yeah, I guess you're just a billionaire. But you have to have a forever. bank somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm not a Russian billionaire. Yeah. Sadly. Doubling back to what we were touching on before, for example, and we've talked about this several times because I fucking hate cruise ships. Mm-hmm. U.S.-based cruise ships are completely allowed to dump raw sewage and food waste into the ocean if they are more than three miles off the shore of the U.S. That's way too short. Yep. That's and, way too few miles. And that's just three for the miles. U.S. A lot of cruise ships are based in other countries, so mm-hmm. they are beholden to different rules. rules. Mm-hmm. Basically, any cruise ship can dump 
at at minimum their food waste and their poop Yikes. in the ocean. Hate it. That's horrible. And do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gross. Don't the fish poop enough? We need all yeah. your diarrhea also from like Ours the buffet. Is way worse. Yeah. Yeah. We have, like, Our shit is way more polluting than toxic. fish shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just full of microplastics and like oh, God. Xanax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the orcas are so chill right now, though, yeah. I gotta say. Yeah. I want the orcas to take over cruise ships. Uh, just yeah. Millions of orcas. Not that there mm-hmm. are millions of orcas. Speaking of the open ocean, as promised, here are some new fears for Amanda. Great. And I know we've also kind of touched on this. I don't think about this one in particular, but in our Bermuda Triangles episode. Uh Uh-huh. According to the National Ocean Service, the ocean has an average depth of 2.3 miles. Average. That's nuts. Isn't that fucking crazy? It makes me, like, breathe heavily. Yeah. Yeah. Different. (laughs) Differently. Air's hitting these lungs different right now after (laughs) hearing that fact. <laughs> Golly. And like you don't even have to be that deep to be like totally crushed by the pressure alone. Yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> you can drown in a few inches. Oh my god. Yes. Yes, new mother, we do know that. <laughs> <laughs> Just spreading awareness. <laughs> do you follow Lauren the Mortician on Instagram? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> you're totally one of those i like to spread awareness you never Mm -hmm. know whose life you can save you never know nothing wrong with spreading awareness (laughs) says the mom whose baby may or may not have fallen off the bed last night she's fine (laughs) that was totally zach's fault not yours it was yeah Yeah. it was Mm -hmm. it happens the deepest part of the ocean is called the challenger deep why why give it that name it's so fucking creepy. The, the, I don't love it. And didn't part. the didn't the Challenger Isn't deepest space... part of the ocean enough of a name? And didn't the Challenger right. spacecraft explode? Yeah. Could we not? This is Challenger going the other way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so it is located in the western Pacific Ocean at the southern end of the Mariana Trench. The Challenger Deep is approximately 6.8 miles deep. <laughs> what? And they don't even know really how deep it is because they can't fucking go down there. Uh, <laughs> I really don't love I can't it. Even fathom that. Okay. <laughs> but I love the ocean. I like I'm sp- out of my depth. <laughs> but I hate the open ocean. It freaks me out way too much. Canyon and the waves. Now, <laughs> yeah, no. She no. dipped one toe in in Florida and was done. The ocean freaks <laughs> me out, man. Over it. You just went toward the it. ocean. <laughs> no, I too, wouldn't want to live by too it. Too scary. Mm-mm. I would in a heartbeat. I do yeah. like the Indian Ocean. It's usually chiller. Okay. Meaning calmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like warmer. Yeah. yeah. If you go at the right time of year. The only ocean I like is the Indian Ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, where's the lie? Every once in a while, you say something and I'm just like, what the fuck? 
I don't know. I really just prefer the Indian Ocean. (laughs) Check snails. Depends on the season. Mm. But yeah, you really have to go at the right time of year. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) It's beautiful. Next. My my preferred ocean is where the Atlantic and the Pacific meet. Everybody lists their favorite ocean. Listen, I'm a Jersey Shore bitch. (laughs) Patagonia. Huge Atlantic Ocean, South Jersey fan. Yeah. Huge. <laughs> Crabs. <laughs> they got sharks and crabs and a really good lobster. Uh, anyway. I really like the Indian Ocean, too. <laughs> it's really nice. It's beautiful. It's way The waters chill. are turquoise. There are like no waves. Well, in New Jersey, the water is often brown, and I love that color brown. (laughs) I love the sulfur scent of that. I love the cruise ship dump (laughs) smell wafting ashore. I love it. Oh my god! Okay, speaking of all of those oceans. The number of species that live in the ocean is completely unknown. (laughs) Yeah. Scientists estimate that 91% of ocean species have yet to be classified. 91? (laughs) So they're like, well, we know there's that little critter, but we don't know what the fuck it is. No. Or like, we've only seen it once or twice. We haven't captured one to like figure out what it is. I hate that. So maybe that. mermaids are real. Honestly, mermaids super could be real. Oh, my God. They also estimate, <laughs> this is so gross, that more than 80% of the ocean is unmapped, unobserved, and unexplored. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just think this is a job for all of the billionaires. Yeah. To, Go down to, there, guys. Yeah. Check no. it out. Don't, Check it out. Because then they'll lay claim to it and start stripping it no. of all of its resources. They're not going to make it. They won't. That's the they point. They won't make it to the top. Oh, no, start time. at the Challenger Deep. Yeah. We're gonna, Elon. Oh, yeah. Yo, Elon, You've go poke around space. down there. Yo, yeah. Elon. Yo. Did you know that you, there's still uh, some ground to be covered? I'm going to twat an X. At Elon. Every time I see X, it says the platform formerly known as Twitter. It's It's so fucking pathetic. I deleted mine. I'm I'm out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no reason to have it. I'm not. I haven't deleted mine yet, but I haven't logged on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need to figure out threads. It's the same as Twitter. It's basically the same as Twitter without like DMs Mm -hmm. or hashtags. And they like actually shut down like. Anti-Semitism and racism. I love that. Pleasant, but I could use a little more depth. Well, you just want to be viral and you're not going viral on threads yet. You'll get there. You'll get there. More about sports. Okay. Retweet that mom tweet you tweeted. What? Rethread that the infamous mom tweet of you like just complaining about being alive and then every mom on the planet identified with it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Resurface that bad boy. You're doing great, mama. Yeah, stake your claim on threads, mama. (laughs) You can thread, mama. Okay, I loved this part, and it's mostly because of the photo. Don't look at it yet. Okay, according to Ocean Today, there are underwater lakes and rivers. Mm -hmm. What? I knew this. Like fresh water. These form when 
okay, so th- I feel like these can, f- yeah, okay. These form when seawater, which is the ocean aspect of this, seep up through thick layers of salt present beneath the seafloor or the, f- the, the floor of whatever. So when the salt water seeps up, it dissolves the salt layer, causing it to collapse and form depressions, forming a river or a lake of the salt water with the, with the fresh water on top. Yeah, and then they have like different like buoyancy or whatever. So they and then obviously salination, so they can't blend, mm-hmm. and so it just like it's like a float, lava lamp. Like, yeah, it just they like stay sticks there, separate. That's what? fucking cool. I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. They can be as small as a few feet across or as large as a few miles long. So they're similar to lakes and rivers on land because they can have shorelines, surfaces, and waves. Mm-hmm. So here's- underwater. So here's another way of putting it, and this is from Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, believe it, baby. Love. The example that they used were like cenotes. So like in the Yucatan, which were allegedly formed from the meteor that killed the dinosaurs. Cool. I watched a clip about that last night. So the cenotes are big, like basically holes in the earth that fill with fresh rainwater. And then the that. Over time, they create like huge cave systems underground. Mm-hmm. So if there's like a big hole of fresh water and then the salt water comes up and seeps up from down below and gets in there, then it creates an underwater lake or river. So the underwater river is formed when the fresh top layer meets the exposed salty groundwater. The different density levels of the two waters cause them to layer and the result is a breathtaking convergence of two habitats. Now, go to the drive, which will be on the blog. There's a photo. Oh, I've seen this photo. It's so fucking cool. It, it just looks, looks like a haunted forest, but that's all underwater. But then look at the diver on the left. Yeah. Isn't that fucking rad? Yeah, it's bizarre. It's so cool, though. I guess I don't understand where the fresh water comes in because isn't the ocean water salt that's what i'm saying it's not really like the ocean aspect is the salt seawater coming up from down below it's come it's leaking into fresh water so the fresh water is on top and the salt water is down below oh so you're saying lakes can have mini oceans under them so what you're looking at here is this a lake with salt water in the bottom or is this an ocean with Freshwater in the bottom. This is a freshwater lake with salt water coming out from the bottom. Okay. Okay. I thought you were saying. I thought it could be the opposite. In the ocean, right? There are pockets of freshwater. Yeah, that's. It could be this. It could be. It could work the other way around. I don't know why it couldn't. Well, isn't that fucking cool? Either way, it's wild. Yeah, I don't totally understand it. Got it. Okay. Okay. But the fact that there can be like waves. And they operate like two distinct habitats. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so cool. It is not uncommon to find skeletons underwater. Many divers have accidentally found John and Jane Doe skeletons. According to Smithsonian Magazine, a skeleton looted from an underwater cave on the Yucatan Peninsula in 2012. Okay, sorry. They are also in the ocean. This says, uh, we see mountains, valleys, hills, and holes, and the seafloor is just as diverse a landscape as as land. But did you know that in certain places on the seafloor, like in the Gulf of Mexico, there are even underwater lakes and rivers? These lakes and rivers form when seawater seeps up through thick layers of salt, which are present beneath the seafloor. So I think the freshwater was already there. 
and the seawater seeps up but then can't blend with the fresh water so it like floats to the top and then the some of the fresh water can stay at the bottom it's not super clear what I've learned about. Or it might be different levels of salinity also. It might be right. super salty water crust up, water. It dissolves the salt layer, causing it to collapse and form depressions. The dissolved salt makes the water denser. And because it's denser than the water around it, it will settle into the depressions, forming a river or lake. So I guess they are salt. They're like extremely salty. And that's why they're just like sitting at the bottom. I don't know. I don't have enough of a brain for this. Yeah. No I one really DM me. I no longer care. Expertise. It's just really cool. I don't care. Don't at me. Bye. Unless you're Bill Nye. I would take all of Mm -hmm. the tips from Bill Nye. Yep. Yep. Okay. So in 2012, somebody found a skeleton in an underwater cave on the Yucatan Peninsula that was found later to be older than 13,000 years old. Damn. And they stole it. Making it one of the oldest known human remains on the continent. Wow. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. So that must, I mean, I would uh, think that would be a freshwater cave, like what we were just talking about from one of the cenotes, Mm. because it would be dark and that would be kind of confined. So there would be not as much um, life forms to to maybe help decay the skeleton. Sure. And also it wouldn't be salt water. So I would think it would preserve it better. Mm. But salt can preserve stuff. So if it's super salty water, maybe it preserved it. Maybe. Mm, Maybe it was in one of these lakes. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so let's discuss lampreys. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. The one those are the they have teeth. With the mouth. Sucker mouth. Yeah. They are among the most primitive of all vertebrate species. They're a vertebrate. They are a parasitic fish native to the northern and western Atlantic Ocean. They look like eels and their skeletons are made of cartilage, so they're squirmy little snaky things oh my god they breathe through a distinct row of seven pairs of tiny gill openings located behind their mouth and eyes and the worst part is they have disc shaped suction cup mouths that are ringed all the way around with sharp teeth which allow them to latch on to things they look like a really scary shower head totally yeah i hate it mm-hmm. yeah i hate it yeah. They do look like a shower head. But fortunately, they all die after spawning. So Thank their one God. life goal is to just continue they, they to exist. They fucking suck and then they die. They suck all what right. life. <laughs> they drink blood. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like uh, leeches. Yeah, they drink blood and eat flesh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they look like really scary eels. Lampreys are described as primitive predators, aggressive flesh feeders, <laughs> and piston-tongued parasites. Yikes. There's really also, nothing redeeming about them. Do you know something else that's nuts about the ocean? Speaking of eels, I saw this on TikTok, but Is it's it goblin real because I looked it up. I'm about to tell you about goblin sharks. Oh, God, it's not goblin sharks. But, like, basically every eel that we know in, like, Europe and America, whether it's freshwater or saltwater, can be traced to, to like, the Bermuda Triangle in the Sargasso Sea. Like they all come from there, and we—it's like really? a huge mystery how they have uh, migrated so far. to these different places and these different continents. Fuck the ocean, dude. Because <laughs> you wouldn't think that they would stray that far away from like you no, know. and their reproduction is like really weird, I guess, and like really mysterious. I don't fucking know. Eels are fucked, y'all. People Eels used are to fucked. eat them a lot. They yeah, used to bake them in pies. Yeah, yeah. 
I follow this guy on TikTok who has an eel pit in his basement. It's really gross. <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> I'll, I'll find him. Eel pit guy. I follow this guy on TikTok who has an eel pit in his basement. It's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> eel pit guy, TikTok. Found him. Why? <laughs> Why Pets? not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <It's- laughs> Lamprey pie remained a delicacy in England until the early 19th no, century. No, England. Sometimes <laughs> called politician's pie. Because <laughs> politicians are slippery. Get it? I'm and obsessed with blood that. Bloodsuckers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Margaret Taylor, writing in seven, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way, writing in 1795, described a lamprey pie recipe, quote, clean, wash, and season them with sweet seasoning. Lay them in a coffin with citron and lemon sliced, Yum. butter, and close the pie. Cool. Here for it. Eel pit guy, uh, his username is cow turtle, all one word. <laughs> Eel pit guy. <laughs> what is your life? Uh, my f- FYP is fucking chaotic. <laughs> it makes say. no sense. It's like clips from Grey's Anatomy and Law and Order. Eel pit guy. <laughs> Com- random comedian, social justice, ja- Star-Z. social justice stuff, Starzy, Jasper the doll, lot of ADHD content. <laughs> it's really shocking when the aliens discover my extensive online presence. Many, 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 many millennia from now. Yeah, right. I promise like they will be weeks. scratching their little heads. <laughs> they're here, baby. You're right. They're they're, here. they're in the ocean. They're here and they don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> They're in part of the 80% of the ocean that has been 91%. Yeah. That's just unclassified animals, life in the ocean. Still. Like if aliens come, they'll probably just ignore land and just check out the oceans. I would. If you have the technology to get down there and like root around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah why not? It's most of the Earth's surface. They'd be like, fuck these land yeah, there are Parasites. no people down there. It's a respite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you for the backup <laughs> info on lampreys. Yeah. yeah. Another freaky sea creature is the goblin shark, which can <gasps> thrust its jaw three inches out of its mouth to catch prey. Not no, totally sure why the three inches is so evolutionarily crucial. But they Maybe look disgusting. They can like <sighs> sit really still and a fish will think that they're not there and then they can just like yeah. yeah, maybe. So it's jaw. I don't like it. <laughs> its jaw is connected to uh, three inch long flaps of skin that can flaps. unfold from its snout. Like eyelids, nose lids. Oh, God. But it's just like its mouth just kind of shoots out a little bit. At one point, they had been incorrectly classified as a totally separate species. So, like, not even a shark at all because of their jaws. And according to National Geographic, they usually live at the bottom of the ocean along a continent's edge. Because you know Have how there's like the drop-offs? looked at these things? Yeah, yeah they honey. are so gross. They look so... I mean, it makes sense how they get their name. They're called a living fossil. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so they're very ancient? Yeah. Creatures? Yeah, they're just very... They're very like... Disgusting? Uh, what's terrifying? The like prototype. Horrific. <laughs> They're like the shadow world version of a river dolphin. Oh, yeah, kind of. Like a beta version of a shark. Mm. We'll get to the sharks in my case. Yes. Great. Goblin sharks can grow up to 12 feet long. Why? Fucking It's yikes. just not necessary. <laughs> 
They are mostly spotted off the coast of Japan, and they are named for their similarities to the mythical goblins in Japanese folklore. They have unusual coloration ranging from pinkish to purplish gray with bright blue around the edges of their fins. Their eyes are like kind of human, and I'm putting a photo on the drive. They like emote. Yeah. It's very uncomfy. They're really nasty looking. Oh, no. See, (laughs) I'm not going fucking near the ocean. No. No. I mean, these are God-made swimming pools. God made swimming pools. (laughs) But they don't have these in the Indian Ocean. God created cocktail pools for a reason. Yeah. So true. You can see all the way to the bottom. It's Mm -hmm. been fully explored. From the shape of lips. There's no kind of lamp rays in there. Hold your cocktail shaped cocktail pool. Wasn't Kenyon gonna put in a lip shaped cocktail pool in your yard? We were thinking about putting in a cocktail pool but then I don't think it was ever going to be lip shaped. No. Did I just imagine that it was lip shaped? I think you tried to push, push that. that. <laughs> and I Shockingly like, yeah. I didn't or try to push that. Or rectangular. Yeah or just a square like a normal person. <laughs> but then uh, we got quotes to for the cost it was like exorbitant. So yeah. Obviously I did not imagine. do that. Plus cleaning it you have to hire you basically have to hire someone to come clean it regularly. It's- it's a pool nanny. You're not, not going to do it yourself. Sadly, not in my lifestyle at the time. Out of your budget. <laughs> Sadly, tragically, really, I those really tough. Blow up, blow up pools. They have that, and yeah. it's so cute. Sonia loves it. It's a cocktail pool. It's yeah. perfect. Anyway, that is my background, and absolutely no psych for maritime Fabulous. <laughs> so good. Here <laughs> for the it. lamp rays. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we ended on sharks because uh, it's it's very apropos for my case. So let's hear a quick word from our sponsors and get right into it, shall we? Let's do uh, it. Wouldn't it be great if you had the right wardrobe to match your ever-evolving and changing and thriving lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Whether you're picking up a new activity or maybe you're looking for maternity wear or maybe you're sick of all of your old maternity wear Uh that you were still wearing for, say, 11 and a half months. Heck yeah. Uh, You know, you want... You're bored. You want to mix it up. The stylists at Stitch Fix make sure that you always have something great to wear. Stitch Fix is the best way to shop new styles and brands specifically, but also just like in general. It's the best. They're your style partner. You have a stylist who is a person, an actual person who learns about your tastes and collaborates with you, finds looks that you love and finds them within your budget. You don't have to break the bank. You simply share your style, your sizes, your budget with a quick style quiz. We love a good quiz. Mm -hmm. And Stitch Fix sends you five items in a fix right to your door. And these choices that they send you, they obviously take your like preferences. And also they have sizes from extra small to 3XL. And they're going to find your perfect fit. I am 
always talking about my jeans that Stitch Fix sends me. I'm wearing some right now. Mm -hmm. The only jeans that fit me properly are jeans that I have found through a Stitch Fix box. They are magic. I don't know how they do it. I just got another uh, Stitch Fix order and my stylist listened to me so well. I was like, look, I don't like ruffles. I like burnt orange. I Mm -hmm. wear a lot of black. I work from home. Mm -hmm. They nailed it. Yeah, they're so great. And you try everything on at home and then you just keep what you like and you send back the rest. Shipping and returns are always free. They provide you with like a pre-labeled pouch that you just stick it in and you give it to your mail person. It couldn't be easier. So easy. They have over a thousand brands and styles. So no matter what season of life you're in or what you're into, Stitch Fix has you covered. Simply order a refresh as needed or you can do what I do and set it and forget it with regular fixes. You're just in total control. It's great. And over time, Stitch Fix and their seasoned style experts will match you with greater precision for uh, perfect pieces for you based on your likes and dislikes. It's so easy. So if you're not like 100% on board with your first box, communicate with your stylist. They will get it. I promise you. Which is why we say thanks, Stitch Fix. They just get me and mm-hmm. they'll get you too. Try today at stitchfix.com slash gals and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, stitchfix.com slash gals and treat your wardrobe. Trade Y'all, are subscriptions draining your wallet? Because, hi, this was happening to me. Mm-hmm. When I moved, I changed my address, obviously, because that's what you do. And as, like, for funsies, I signed up for all of these, like, free for X amount of time magazine subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. And then suddenly I realized, oh, I've been getting these for, like, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm paying for all of these magazine subscriptions that I forgot that I was eventually paying for. It was a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not out of the ordinary, okay? The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions that they, like, might not even remember scribing to, subscribing to, hi, me, or just you thought that you needed it or that you wanted it for that, like, free trial and then you just forgot to cancel it. Like, these things happen all the time. And if you are like me and have no idea just how much you're spending each month, especially on these like automatic subscription thingies, you need Rocket Money. It is this amazing app that tracks all of your expenses, not just your subscriptions. It's like everything. So you know exactly where your money is going. That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your Mm -hmm. unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place and like amanda said most people think that they're spending around 80 dollars a month on their subscriptions that's, no that's where i thought we were at no 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 honey <laughs> no no and when in reality the number is closer to 200 i'm not Correct. i'm like too embarrassed to tell you guys how much money I saved with Rocket Money every oh, month. Oh, mine but was over two hundred. I'm with you, girl. My, it was a lot. Yeah. It, I, like Rocket Money saved me. Mm-hmm. Rocket Money can even negotiate to lower your bills for you, like your actual bills. Mm-hmm. The ones you keep. Mm-hmm. By up to twenty percent, and all you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money will take care of the rest. They also let you monitor all your expenses in one place. This is actually the feature that I didn't think I would use, but I actually am obsessed with. 
Mm-hmm. And it recommends custom budgets based on your past spending. And they'll even send you notifications when you've like reached your spending limits. But also so helpful. when you're like staying within budget, like I just got a notification that uh, last week I spent 78% less than normal. Nice. I love those positive reinforcements. It's really helping. So with over 3 million users and counting Rocket Money, customers have saved an average of $720 a year. Be one of them. Save some money. Mm-hmm. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash gals. That's rocketmoney.com slash gals. One more time, rocketmoney.com slash gals and treat your wallet. Treat it. All right. This case is very well known in Australia. Oh, down under. But I hadn't really heard the details of it, so I hope you guys don't know it. In April 1935, Bert Hobson and his teenage son, Ron, were fishing just a few kilometers off the coast of Coogee Beach in Sydney, Australia. No idea if I'm saying that right. Okay. When Ron felt a tug on his line. Oh, no. Well, presumably more than just a tug because he'd actually caught a tiger shark. <gasps> I love Log. tiger sharks. They're oh, no. beautiful. Oh, oh no. no. They were... It sounds like fishing for a tiger shark. So this oh. was intentional. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. they're thrilled. They yeah. wanted this. Yep. Thrilled so, to the gills. Mm. The shark measured 14 feet in length. Yikes. <laughs> and weighed about one ton. Ooh. Ooh. She was. What? Big. She thick. She thick. the size of my office. The length of my office. Big. She sounds enormous. A ton? Ma- she weighed one ton. One ton. Matt, oh, this is a big old shark. Was yeah. She, was she full of babies? I don't know if it's a she, actually. I just was, oh, okay. Making Canonically, she's a she. Yeah. So, Coogee Beach was home I'm to- I'm claiming her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritually, she's a she. she's a she. Coogee Beach was home to a popular aquarium at the time, and its owner, Bert- this the dad, so it's the dad shark and his fisherman. son, shark fisherman mm-hmm. Bert, thought it would be great business to put a tiger shark on display in their pool, and so they were out to like find one. Oh no! Keep it alive. That's, that's fucked. Keep up. it alive and put oh. it in their aquarium. Take pool. it out of fucking freedom into that's aquarium captivity. Kidnapping. It's 1935. Yeah. To be gawked at. Oh, it's 1935. It's also a pretty small pool. I think it's like 25 feet by 15 feet. That's barely bigger than her. God. Yeah. It's 1935. So in 1935, like today, shark attacks aroused great public interest as well as tourist dollars. This was going to be a big drive. Mm -hmm. I'm aroused. And so the live tiger shark was transferred to the Coogee Beach Aquarium Baths. Okay. And it was good timing because before the arrival of this new attraction, the aquarium hadn't been doing too well financially. The Mm -hmm. nearby pier that had been, you know, like a place where people would stroll and mm-hmm. a, a little play games and yeah. whatever uh, had just been demolished. I think it was going to be rebuilt, but at the time it was just gone. And mm-hmm. so foot traffic to the area had seriously declined. That means people going to the aquarium had declined. They this was their last hope. They had to save the zoo. Had to save the zoo. Their basically. great white hope. Their great tiger hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now 
there's this giant shark swimming around in this tiny pool, and boy, did people want to see it. Oh, dear. Okay. But within a week of its capture, the shark started to act strange. Yeah, I wonder it can't why. Turn around because it was actually just a dog in a shark costume. It was a human <laughs> it was in a Ron. sun bear costume and a shark. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I know sharks had to come butt. up for air every thirty seconds. Yeah, and had a tail that <laughs> wagged <laughs> and barked. <laughs> no, on April 25th, Anzac Day, which I don't recall the specifics of, but is a big deal there. Sounds like a medication. It right? really does. Big day over there. Don't know why. Something, I think, to do with World War One. I? I could be wrong. Probably. Cool. The tourist crowds are at their peak. Everybody's heard about this shark. It's their big holiday off. Everybody's at the aquarium. They're all aroused. Mm. They're all Wildly rock aroused, hard. yeah, rock hard, rock, rock hard, hard for this shark. <laughs> they have never wanted to fuck a shark so bad. <laughs> the lines were long. around. The Sydney was a buzz. <laughs> so, but the shark's acting weird in the pool, right? And then she's really standoffish and cold. She's such a prude. Mm-hmm. She's probably nervous. She took a turn for the worse. Uh-oh. The shark oh, I lost hope she ate someone. The, well, <gasps> the shark lost its energy and appetite. No. It began swimming around sluggishly and bumping into the pool walls. Yeah. Free willy. Then it thrashed around violently before vomiting in front of a small crowd of tourists. Oh, she had a tummy ache. What she did she puke? A, she had a tummy Sh- ache. Sharks vomiting. Yep. One onlooker recalled, quote, the frightful stench around the shark and its scum floating to the top of the foamy water. Quote, I was three or four meters from the shark and clearly saw come out of its mouth a copious brown froth, which smelled really foul. How could Uh, they could smell it from under the water? No, she's just in a little pool. It was floating up. The bar floated up to the surface of the pool and then it reeked. Yeah, they're looking down at her. (laughs) Yeah. In a... (laughs) They weren't just gawking at a run-of-the-mill tiger shark vomit. Your classic (laughs) shark barf. This was a brand new shark barf. Atypical. The captive shark had just coughed up a bird, a rat, a load of muck, a rat, and a human arm. Oh, <laughs> go off, queen. Yes, 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 yes. A bird, a rat, some muck, a human arm, a bird, a rat, some muck, a human arm. Get it, girl. I always feel better when I barf it up after I overeat. Right? 30 burgers, 30 fries, 30 human arms. (laughs) 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 To be precise, it was a human left arm and hand (laughs) with a piece of rope tied around the wrist, which floated to the surface of the pool. Cool. Now, shark attacks weren't uncommon in the area at the time. There had actually been a little bit of a spree lately. (laughs) But no recent ones had been reported involving a tiger shark of that size. Or, like, unreported, maybe? Yeah, they couldn't, like, connect anyone who had, like... missing arm to any report of a shark attack. Right. Where'd the shark get a rat? Mm -hmm. Rats can swim. I I don't know. Probably Mm. someone dumped some trash in the ocean. I don't know. 
She also, I mean, you, uh, this like kind of maybe the bird was eating a rat, a rat, mm. or you know, the bird and the rat could have gotten into the tank. In True, this yeah, like could have been, been after zoo, yeah. So just three days after the tiger shark regurgitated the arm, the aquarium <laughs> owners killed and gutted it, which oh, I think no. I think was like standard practice for any time a shark ate a human. Whatever. Oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. It's going to get even more unfair in one second. This is bull shark. Yeah. So they kill and gutted it, which revealed the fact that before it was captured, the tiger shark had actually eaten another smaller shark. Nice. And it was that shark that had originally swallowed the human arm. Framed. This is framed. Framed. <laughs> Justice for Tiger. Yes. <laughs> this uh. is fucking bullshit. So she Russian nesting dolled a shark <laughs> herself to, to into certain death. Oh, yeah. I'm mad. Oh my god, I can't believe she got set up like this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Bullshit. This is bullshit. Her only crime was literally biting off a little more than she could chew. Surviving, eating yeah. a smaller shark, big deal. She's Getting a caught. big bitch. She's 14, Ugh. but she's a ton. Mhm. Mm God bless her. Well, it's going to get even more unfair. Great. No! Cancel Kenyon. Why Just did kidding. you do I this to know. her? I need to know. <laughs> I need to know what that shark barf. <laughs> but, but then a forensic examination of the arm revealed that it had not been bitten that off the by arm a had shark eaten another arm. What? Wait, it had been fed to the shark? No. Instead, it was cut off with a knife. Luck, okay. <gasps> Pieces, disposing of the body. Yep, there's been a murder. A revelation that immediately prompted the launch of a murder investigation. Hell the murder yes. of the tiger shark. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that case is Two sold. murders. Wow. Double homicide. Police did have one clue to Nesting go off homicide. of. <laughs> In terms of identifying the victim, there was a distinctive tattoo on the forearm depicting two boxers fighting. And yes, there is a photo on the drive. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you, this is a great reason to get tattoos. When they find my arm regurgitated by a shark, they're going to fucking know who it belonged to. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, yeah, cool. okay. Yeah, you can like really see the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. So the mystery caused a sensation in the press, and it didn't take long for an article about the case to come to the attention of a man named Edwin Smith. Edwin thought the tattoo sounded a lot like that of his brother Jim. Jim had been missing since April 7th. Oh, yep. shit. Sure does sound like that. Edwin immediately contacted the police, and he, along with Jim's wife, Gladys, soon identified the um, body part. Oh, oh my God. God. Police were able to get fingerprints off the hand. Yes. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> Inclusively <laughs> identifying the arm as belonging to James Jim Smith. All right, Jim Smith. Uh, what happened to you, bud? So wow. Smith was a former boxer and petty criminal. Mm -hmm. Luck. He was originally born in England in 1890. His surviving family were sad, of course, to learn of his probable passing and definite arm losing. Regurgitation. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they weren't too shocked that he'd mm. met this he, kind he of He was fate. a scallywag. Okay, yeah, he, he'd, he'd gotten into some... 
He had a pattern. He had a history. He got into some scrapes. So mm-hmm. all of Jim's <laughs> jobs and activities were shady and dangerous. He'd worked as a billiards bar manager with a clientele made up pretty much exclusively of fellow criminals. Love it. He Love was a bartender. A, he was a bookie. He was a, Love a bookie. con artist. Love a con artist. <laughs> I've dated a couple. You have. He sounds like your type. type. Honestly, this tattoo is really mm, cute. He was a SoundCloud DJ. I'm like, wait. <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> I've lain with this man. <laughs> I know what this man's dick looks like. <laughs> I know what this man tastes like. <laughs> and perhaps most dangerously of all, a police informant. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, that's, that's dangerous, bud. Oh, Jim. So given Jim Smith's oh, Jim. various lines of work, the net of potential suspects was cast pretty wide because <laughs> yeah. it could be fellow criminals, people he'd double-crossed, maybe people he'd snitched on. Yes. Piss- Imagine getting murdered and being like, wow, hundreds of people could have done this. Like, everyone <laughs> wanted anyone. you dead. Yeah. It is a crapshoot. Yeah. <laughs> Could be victims of one of his scams. Mm-hmm. Could have been a tiger shark. Yeah. A lot of motive out there. Mm-hmm. So where do you even begin? I don't know. Well, on April 7th, the day that Jim went missing, he had told his wife Gladys that he was going fishing. But really, he was last seen drinking and playing cards with a man named Patrick Francis Brady at the Cecil Hotel. No fucking way. In no. L.A.? No, different. Okay, I was it's, like, does this happen in Australia? It's in Sydney, Australia, but it's called the Cecil Hotel. I like that. Cursed name. Right? Yeah. Don't trust it. Also, don't lie to your wife because you could go missing. Yeah, you hear that, Bill? Yeah. Don't lie to your wife. <laughs> so he's Wherever play- she might be. <laughs> he's playing cards and drinking with this guy, Patty Brady. So Patty was a forger and an ex-con, and Smith worked with him on his various jobs, mm-hmm. the most recent of which involved boats, check fraud, and an insurance scam. Boats and hoes. <laughs> God, there were so many parties like that in college. Okay. Yeah, um, and in high school, because mm-hmm. we went to Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. They just weren't called that yet, because that movie hadn't come out. What movie? Step Brothers. Oh. Boats and hoes. Oh, I thought that was like just a general cultural thing. I mean, it was. Sure, it is. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Okay. There's one more name for you to keep track of. So we have Jim Smith, the dead guy. We have Patty Brady, the guy he was last seen with drinking. And now we have this guy. It's a mouthful Reginald William Lloyd Holmes. I love this name. Reggie yeah. Holmes. Reggie Holmes. Reginald, please. <laughs> I prefer the Indian Ocean. <laughs> but only in the spring. But only in the spring. <laughs> you are a type today, and I'm here for it. Reginald, please. <laughs> so, so Holmes's family had a, had a successful boat building business. Some even called them Sydney Harbor royalty. Mm. And he was its manager. So Reginald had some money. He wasn't satisfied, though, simply keeping the family business 
afloat. Afloat. Ah, <laughs> knew it. He was involved in some shady business dealings, some smuggling, and by some accounts, he was basically like a crime kingpin. Mm-hmm. So in 1934, the year before, Holmes had connected with Jim Smith and together they worked on a scam in which he overinsured a pleasure cruiser named Pathfinder that the boat building business owned. Mm-hmm. And then they sunk it together near Terrigal, which I don't know what that is, an hour mm-hmm. north of Sydney. So basically boats and fraud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, really hard to prove how a boat sank. Yeah. In 1934. Remember my drunk dive with, of, the, with the bluebell had to yeah. do a lot to do with mm-hmm. boat sinking fraud, too. Yeah. There are theories that the Titanic sunk in a in a sinking fraud Whoa. scheme. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that was just hubris. Jesus. We should do a Titanic crimes episode. Probably. I mean, it's hard to get the iceberg in on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paid off. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cold hard cash. <laughs> so this this scheme worked like a dream, and then the pair continued dream with scheme. with more insurance scams, uh-huh. and then they started a check cashing fraud where Holmes would provide the names and sample signatures from like clients and vendors involved in the boat building business because he mm-hmm. would see a lot of people's signatures. Mm-hmm. Then Patty Brady, the forger guy, right. Would, would forge, forge their signatures, in, yeah. Yeah, for small amounts of money against their bank accounts, hoping that so these wouldn't people really wouldn't notice. notice. Yeah. See, this is... I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way to do it. Finally, uh, Smith was the one to cash the checks, so it was just this tidy little ring of little ring. crime. But according to the police's working theory, Jim Smith must have gotten greedy and maybe started blackmailing Holmes, did something mm. to piss off Holmes. Backed into a corner, Holmes then enlisted Brady's help to take care of uh, business. Old Jimmy boy. Mm-hmm. And besides just being the last person seen with him on the day of his disappearance, there was still more evidence implicating Brady. He owned a cottage nearby where Smith was last seen, and invest- guilty. And investigators <laughs> believe that this was likely the scene of the murder. Mm. Although without the help of modern forensics or luminol, they couldn't prove that. Was he sure. blonde? Mm, never trust a blonde man. Mm-mm. There are photos of these guys on the drive if you want to oh, see God. each of them. Reggie looks like a Reggie. I think he looks like a Reginald. I like how far apart Jim's teeth are. Yeah. Oh, he has yeah. no problems flossing. Yeah, he's mm. not cute. Um, Reggie's fucking hot. Yeah. Dude. Reggie's a daddy. Look okay. at that butt chin. He is a daddy. He does have mm. some uh, like Mitt Romney vibes. Yeah, like a young you, know Romney. I, you know what I like. <laughs> okay, Reggie, whatever you say, Reginald, please, Reginald, please. <laughs> no, you know I like to call you Reg. <laughs> so, uh, without a full body, in fact, it wasn't clear whether investigators would be able to prove much of anything. Still, on May 16th, Patty Brady was arrested and charged with Smith's murder, and the trial began right away. At trial, Reginald <laughs> was formally implicated in the case when a cab driver testified that he had taken Brady from his cottage and the suspected murder scene to Holmes's address on the day that Smith went missing. So he's mm. connecting these two guys on that day. Okay. That's pretty sus. The driver also said that Brady had been, quote, disheveled. 
He had a hand in his pocket and wouldn't take it out. It was whose hand? Jim's. <laughs> well, actually, we'll get to it. Oh God! <laughs> I got Jim's hand in my, my pocket. pocket. And I'm gonna go throw it in the ocean, and I'm gonna go feed it to a tiger shark. <laughs> so at first, whose hand? <laughs> At first, Holmes tried to deny his association with Brady altogether. He was like, I don't know this man. But just four days into the trial on May 20th, Holmes went into his boat shed and attempted suicide by shooting himself in the head. Oh. Uh oh. Attempted. Patty so did. He didn't succeed. The home Reginald did. Oh, Reginald. <laughs> This act didn't have its intended effect, though. I think he may have missed and just, like, gave himself a flesh wound. Unclear. Mm. But reports say that he was merely, quote, stunned and fell into nearby water. Okay, that's fucking lucky. Unless something bad happened in the nearby nearby water. water. Tiger shark. (laughs) Oh, his sister is back to (laughs) avenge her sister's death. It'd be amazing if he was then eaten by a shark who was then eaten by another shark. It is Australia. And then that shark was eaten by the one pound tiger shark who was fully framed. (laughs) So the water actually revived him. And so he like fainted or whatever. Sure. Hit hit the water, woke back up and then crawled into a nearby speedboat and sped off. (laughs) Oh, which I think it must have been his boat because it, it was in his boat shed. Okay. Oh. Like, where are you going? Yeah. So police (laughs) must have already been tailing him because he was soon being chased by two police boats. Oh, my God. This is very, like, capery. Very capery, like, James Bond. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But stupid. Plus sharks. So stupid. led them on a high-speed boat chase. My God. Like, as fast as boats could go in 1935. My Such God. Such a fucking drama king. Yeah. <laughs> for four hours. Jesus. Oh, for God's Christ. sake. They just had to run him out of gas yeah. and then wait. Or they run out of gas and he totally right. gets away. So then he is caught, arrested, and taken to the hospital so they can look at his self-inflicted gunshot wound. Head wound. <laughs> Jesus. So, you know, he's starting to look Sus. pretty guilty. Mm-hmm. Investigators start to lean on Holmes, and by early June, he decides to work with them and points the finger at Brady. He Mm. claims that Brady came to his house, I'm assuming by cab, given the cab driver's testimony, confessed to murdering Jim Smith, cutting up the body and putting the pieces into a steamer trunk, and then throwing the trunk into Gunamata Bay. Mm. Okay. But according to Holmes, Brady had not thrown out one part. (gasps) I guess to use as proof or as an intimidation tactic, he'd produced Smith's severed left arm and then threatened to also murder Holmes if he didn't cough up 500 pounds. (laughs) My poor shark friend. I know how quickly I learned to love that shark. But he really was in that cab with with the arm. Knew it. (laughs) Knew it. Whose arm? Arms are heavy, mm-hmm. especially like yeah. a grown boxer man's arm. Yeah. Dang. So Holmes said that he was terrified after Brady left and decided to drive to the nearby suburb of Maruba and throw the arm into the sea. So that's where the smaller shark ate it. And then the larger shark ate that shark. And then it got, got it. caught. 
Wow. It's actually pretty amazing that the arm was regurgitated in such great condition considering two sharks ate it, essentially. Yeah, and several weeks had gone by. Yeah, that's wild. You got to chew your food. This is crazy. (laughs) So whether or not Holmes's version of events was true, he'd still turned state's witness against a known criminal and a probable murderer. So now he had reasons to be looking over his shoulder Mm -hmm. and he started making his wife walk him to the door of his car anytime he had to go anywhere. Thank you. Oh my God. Kill her, not me. Yeah. Take my wife, please. Oh, and remember oh the 500-pound extortion threat? If yeah. you don't give me 500 pounds, uh, I'll kill you. Yeah. Well, on June 11th, Holmes took out 500 pounds from his bank account after mm. telling his wife he was, quote, going to meet someone. Mm. Okay, cool story, guy. Could have come up with anything better than that? <laughs> the next morning, Reginald William Lloyd Holmes was found dead in his car on the side of the road. He'd been shot three times at close range. R.I.P. Reggie, you were kind of a dick. He got to shot in the head twice. Mm-hmm. To untrained eyes, the scene would have appeared to be a suicide, and he did have a history of attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm. But police were convinced that Holmes had been murdered. Mm-hmm. One other interesting theory is that Holmes might have hired hitmen to kill him. Like, he mm. might have died by suicide by via hitmen. That's why they missed. Well, the first time I think he did it himself, but the second time. Oh, okay. He had recently, he would have done this so that his family could still get the life insurance money, kind of like a murder. Sure. Is this a plot line of Bullworth? (laughs) (sighs) I don't know. I think he hires someone to kill him. So he'd recently taken out a big life insurance policy on himself that would not be honored if he died by suicide, So, but, but would be if he was murdered. So police, whatever, they think he's been murdered. And they especially think that because he was actually due to testify against Brady at the coronial inquest mm-hmm. that morning. Okay. Oh, my that's, God. That's telling. So Holmes's death made it that much harder to convict Brady. Because he was like the one, the one connection witness. Mm-hmm. Besides the cab driver who just said, like, this guy looked disheveled and nervous. And had an arm in his briefcase, maybe. Something was <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> and Brady's defense attorney, Barrister Clive Evett, was no slouch. He argued that an arm, quote, did not constitute a body. Yeah, nobody, no crime. <laughs> oh my! Okay, and that Jim Smith could still be alive somewhere, just sans left arm. Yeah, show me the rest of the pieces of him, Ooh, and then we'll come back to court. An arm. Yeah. yeah, and it worked. Of course, it did. Stop. Power of a good lawyer. Oh. I mean, there wasn't a ton of physical evidence to begin with, and really, sure. it was kind of a miracle there was ever any physical evidence in this case because, mm-hmm. as the coroner put it in 1935 quote it was a million to one chance that this one shark in all the sea should have mm-hmm. been caught and placed in an aquarium yeah and then that's it wild. barfed up an arm yeah wow yeah. like what are the chances right. that's cool plus the prosecution star witness had died just hours before he was supposed to testify whoops yeah i think we know exactly what happened mm-hmm. we just didn't have the actual evidence to convict so they had to call it off well it was pretty much holmes's word against brady's i think they were both involved but right yeah 
That's so wild. ultimately, Patrick Francis Brady was acquitted of the murder of Jim Smith. And for the next 30 years, he maintained his innocence and died in Sydney on April 18th, 1965, at the age of 76. Wow. He was eaten by a shark. Eaten by a shark. That'd be amazing. To this day, Jim Smith's death is known colloquially as the shark arm case, and it remains unsolved officially. Wow. Some even posit that Brady killed Smith, but the murder had nothing to do with Reginald. And rather, he did it on the orders of a local gangster who found out Smith was a police informant. Okay. So yeah. it could have been Smith died for a totally different reason. And then just the fact that Reginald kind of got looped in and then was prepared mm-hmm. to testify. Yeah. It was just bummer icing on the cake. Yeah. Too mm-hmm. many witnesses have been offed, including two sharks. Yeah. yeah. Innocent. Innocent, Innocent babies. Innocent sharks. Yeah. And that... Wow. It's the shark arm case. I that's, love that. That's mm-hmm. incredible. I love that case so much. <laughs> a good one. Uh, Reginald, please. Reginald, please. <laughs> Put some respect on his name. He's a oh, little shit. kingpin. My little mitt daddy. <laughs> mitt daddy. Well done. Nice job. All right, should we hear a quick word from our sponsors and then get to my much less fun case? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Is your deodorant so amazing that somebody would steal it? (laughs) Well, Lumi is, and uh, we know that because someone literally did. My husband. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is like big scale theft. Oh, wow. So let me back up. Lumi is America's number one whole body deodorant, pH optimized for pits, privates, and beyond. And they mm-hmm. also have Dio wipes for 24-hour odor control on the go. I I'm love obsessed these wipes. With those. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the wipes. <laughs> they're, they're just so smart. Mm-hmm. And the wipes work so well that, yes, some deodorant bandit no. stole an entire truckload of them from what? the Lumi warehouse this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. So just to avoid California Highway Patrol, I recommend just, just ordering on their site. You can <laughs> just get your wipes the legal yep. way. No problem. And there's even a special offer. So new customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with code GALS5 at LumiDeodorant.com. Amanda, tell us more. Okay. Well, straight up, the starter pack is amazing. It's especially perfect for new customers because it comes with a solid stick deodorant, which I love. I have like the the toasted coconut one. Mm -hmm. I have the one that's in like the fully cardboard container. So I even feel better about you know, having a stick deodorant because mm-hmm. it's like not wasting a bunch of materials. It also comes with a cream tube deodorant, which I love to use that for the inner thighs on a hot day. Oh, great. It really for helps with chub rub. rub. Mm-hmm. I use it on my feet as well. Oh, so good. And then you also get two free products of your choice. So uh, yeah, definitely get the deodorant wipes. I also love the mini body wash, especially if you travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this starter pack comes with free shipping. So like w- this is the way to check out all of the products and see which ones you love the most. I mean, you've heard us say these wipes are like unreal, especially if you're on a plane, especially if you're menstruating. Hi, Mm -hmm. I'm like here for it just to clean up all of the spots. But the whole body deodorant, don't sleep on that, okay? It's the first of its kind and it's seriously safe to use anywhere on your body. You can use it on your pits. You can use it on your under boobs, which I don't think I even realize how much sweat 
mm-hmm. with my under boob was happening. Mm-hmm. So like you're getting you're getting stinky under there, y'all. Thigh folds, check. Belly buttons, check. Butt cracks, check. Vulvas and feet. I've got all of the above, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a game changer, and it was created by an OBGYN. So this person saw firsthand how normal BO is, and it's like being misdiagnosed and mistreated, and this product that they created is clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours and it's aluminum free baking soda free and paraben free and it's ph balance so it's safe to use below yeah that is so key because a lot of people uh you know are are using stuff with all kinds of fragrance and nonsense and i'm and it's making the problem worse yep so don't do that Mm-mm. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like the mini body wash and those deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code GALS5, G-A-L-S-5, at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code GALS5. Today's episode is sponsored by Proactive, and Proactive has exciting news. They just launched their newest skincare innovation, Proactive Clean. Tell us more, Kenyon. Oh my goodness. Proactive Clean is a gentle skincare routine formulated to clear mild acne to occasional breakouts for sensitive skin. Yes, finally. Oh, my time has come. Yup, yup. You love a good skincare routine. I love a good skincare routine. I love it because, you know, I have really sensitive skin. And I have occasional breakouts, you know, mm-hmm. a- acne happens, people. Yeah. To the best of us, To babe. the best of us. It'll, it'll get you. But that's why Proactive is here. It's going to take the guesswork out of your skincare routine. And mm-hmm. I love, love, love the fact that Proactive is formulated without parabens, phthalates, sulfates, cyclic silicones, and... Ooh. 100 plus other no-no ingredients. You don't, that no one can pronounce. Yeah, you don't want that stuff on your face, people, especially mm-hmm. if you have sensitive skin. Proactive is also America's number one clear skin routine. I feel like they've held that title for a while. A long time. You know they know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's competition in that mm-hmm. space. Proactive is also dermatologist developed and tested with clinically proven ingredients and Proactive has helped over 20 million people on their clear skin journey. I love the products in this routine and I love that these are formulated with as like acid, mm-hmm. chamomile. Mm. It's proactive is the best for sensitive skin. I'm obsessed. So go to proactive.com now and use the exclusive promo code GALS to get 20% off your first order. Once again, go to proactive.com right now and use the exclusive promo code GALS to get 20% off your first order. That's P-R-O-A-C-T-I-V.com with promo code GALS, G-A-L-S. And treat your skin. Treat it. All right, y'all. This case has everything. Boats, meth, murder, Billy Idol. Lampreys. No no lampreys, so I guess it doesn't have everything. We'll add them in. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let's get into it. Late October 14th slash early morning, October 15th, 2019. It's a gorgeous fall night in Dana Point, California. And Sheila Marie Ritzy had a 24-foot fishing boat docked at Dana Point. 
And on that windless 70 degree night, oh. just sounds absolutely fucking wow. gorgeous, under a full fucking moon, oh uh, took the Sea Koenig, that's her boat, out <laughs> with two passengers aboard, Huang Li and Tai Min Dao. Long after the other fishing boats in the area had already returned to shore. So they're the old, they're, it's literally like midnight. They're the only ones out there. Okay. It was almost midnight and the vessel was nearly three miles from shore. I wonder if that's intentional given what we know now about the maritime law thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. When folks on land heard the distant sound of gunshots over the bay, it, the vessel. Is Sheila a lady? Yes. Are the other two ladies? No. Okay. The vessel returned to shore, and three days later, Tai Mindao was uh, discovered by fishermen in Oceanside, which is barely a mile south of Dana Point. So he had just drifted a little bit down shore. Okay. Um, and he was found dead in the water. A medical examiner determined that Dao's cause of death was drowning, but, and that he also had gunshot wounds, or at least one gunshot wound, and blunt force trauma as factors. Jeez. Okay. Trio. Yep. So let's back up and figure out how these folks are even connected to each other and ended up on this boat. Yeah. So Huang Li is the son of Vietnamese immigrants who came to California where he attended Cal State and he graduated in 2004, but his life seemed to spiral pretty out of control shortly thereafter when he established himself as like a pretty big time drug dealer in California and he became uh, simultaneously addicted to alcohol, methamphetamine and cocaine. That's tough. Another trio. <laughs> yep. His deals took him back and forth from Las Vegas to where he was living in California pretty regularly. Through dealing drugs, he met Tai Min Dao and Tai's little brother, Alex. Allegedly, Alex ran an underground, and I say allegedly, even though we know this is true, but... Wasn't you know. ever convicted of it, so okay. Well, I, and we'll tell you why. So, ran an underground gambling house in Irvine, California, and he kept himself out of jail by turning informant to the FBI. Mm -hmm. So, basically, they're not going to bust his gambling house if he, he gives intel yep, on the people who frequent the spot. Mm. Got it. So, when Alex's brother Ty went missing on October 14th, because, again, he wasn't found for three days and they were in close contact with each other. So, he probably didn't hear from him on the 15th and then was like, where the fuck are you? And then he doesn't hear from him again on the 16th. Mm. I don't know if he reported him missing, but he knew he was missing and then he was found. Wang Li was immediately concerned that Alex would pull his FBI connections on this case, which he totes did. So now this is like a federal investigation into... So Wang knew that Alex, Alex had FBI connections. Correct, because Huang and Tai were like... BFFs. Pretty close friends. Got it. Like really close and like knew each other's families and... Okay. So, like, dude Maybe knew. Maybe Ty was like, you know, don't say any shit at this gambling house. Right. I think they had some agreements. Mm -hmm. And uh, at this point, I think Wong's, Wong Lee's drug trafficking and stuff was like, it was fairly big time, but he wasn't out, like, mur he wasn't, like, fighting with other, you know, gangs or like drug dealers okay. or what there wasn't like bloodshed he wasn't like it, your local neighborhood dealer but he wasn't a huge priority for the fbi i guess i would say he wasn't i think the that, one who knocks precisely <laughs> okay. we need to cook so <laughs> <laughs> sheila met wong through similar circumstances though an adult when they met she had been a teenage runaway and had a history with substance abuse 
multiple arrests on her record for meth, cocaine, and marijuana trafficking, burglary, and sex work. How does this bitch have a big-ass boat in Dana Point, California? So she had gotten, like, well, and she had gotten married and lived a pretty kind of quiet life with her now ex-husband. Okay. They'd had a child. I think she, so you she know. she had a past. She had a past. She seemed to have, like, recovered from that past. But then when she and her husband got divorced, it sounds like things went really downhill. But then she already had, I think maybe she got the boat and the divorce or something. Okay. I'm not 100% sure. But then she kind of falls in with Wang Li and got it. is kind of up to some of her previous behaviors. Got it. So, quote, she met Lee in early 2019 when she was in the midst of what prosecutors described in their sentencing uh, memorandum as a downward spiral that included her divorce, a drunken car crash, and an altercation with employees at a Burger King drive-thru that ended with Ritzy charging into the restaurant and threatening to bomb it. Oh, no. (laughs) To vomit? Fucking, no, bomb. Sheila Marie, no. Sheila Marie threatening to vomit, and then an arm came out of her. (laughs) And then another shark. It was crazy. another shark. (laughs) Fucking yikes. So post-divorce Sheila is a mess. She falls in with Huang Li. They become pretty fast friends, and it wasn't unusual for them to go fishing together, especially lobster fishing. And there's like a photo on the drive of Huang Li with a lobster, and that was taken on her boat. Like they were buddies. They definitely did drugs together. She probably bought drugs from him. Right. But like they hung out. There was some speculation that they were involved with each other sexually, but no- nobody ever confirmed that, and we don't know. And it's not really relevant, but it's possible. So not long before Ty Dow's murder, Lee and Ritzy traveled to Las Vegas with Dow, as well as Lee's friend and fellow drug dealer, a man named Sean Whalen, to attend a Billy Idol concert. Oh, my God. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. But this ended up being a key weekend for prosecutors to try to prove that Lee and Ritzy conspired to murder Ty and Dow. It was during that weekend, prosecutors allege, that Lee and Ritzy hatched their plan to kill Dow, with Waylon testifying that Lee told him of the murder plot during that trip. And she and, and like, Sheila and Lee were not shy about this. It sounds like they really ran their mouths. Yeah. So Sheila's former mother-in-law, Sandra Ritzy, and Sheila had stayed... I guess, like, super BFFs, even after... She became such a hot mess. She became uh, estranged from Sandra's son, or now her, you know, Sheila's ex-husband. And uh, they stayed friends. So Sandra was also on this Vegas trip to go see Billy Idol. Oh, my God. And it's she, so weird. It's what a, super so weird. Messy. This relationship is Everybody so weird. Everybody take a nap. Yeah. It <laughs> takes several seats. So Sheila... Or, sorry, Sandra... We got Sandra, Pamela, Sandra, and Rita. I don't know. (laughs) Sandra had been on the Vegas trip, and she testified in court that when she asked Sheila, like, who Dow was, they all met up in the lobby at some, like, casino hotel to go see Billy Idol together. And here's this guy, Time and Dow, and Sandra's like, who's this guy? And apparently Sheila responded, don't worry about it. We're going to be offing him this weekend. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Uh, That's what I'm going to be saying from now on. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We're going to be offing him this weekend. Don't worry. He's not going to make it through the weekend. Don't need to remember his name. You learning his name. Precisely. (laughs) The less you know, the better. 
it's actually <laughs> safer for you not to, to know. <laughs> but I am going to murder him this week. Just so, so you know, I'm really happy that you're here. <laughs> I'm super happy that you're here. So the drug dealer friend of Wong Lee, the guy Sean Whalen, denies that this exchange happened. He was like, Sandra wasn't in, even in the lobby. She met us at, you know, Caesar's Palace or wherever the fuck the concert was. This So this exchange couldn't have happened. But he also said in court that, uh, well, okay, I'll get to this next. He's like, Sheila's probably saying this because she isn't seeing her granddaughter as much as she was when Sheila and her her son were together. And that's that was their kid together. And she wanted, like, to pr- maybe protect her granddaughter because Sheila was using again. And so Sean is trying to say, like, sh- you know, Sandra's full of shit. She's just trying to fucking put Sheila away. But he also oh, said so in court sh- so that her own son could get custody, could get more, either more custody. I think he already had at least 50, 50 custody, Got it. but it seems like maybe Sandra had an ulterior motive for saying, oh yeah, Sheila told me that she was going to kill this guy. But at the same time, Sean also said in court that Lee, his friend had talked to him about the murder plot. Quote, Sean Whalen also testified that the defendant told him he planned to quote, take out the victim. Lee also asked Waylon to help him kill Dow, but Waylon refused. So I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on here. What? Everything I've read, like I said, says that Sandra and Sheila remained really good friends after the divorce. So it seems weird for her to suddenly turn on Sheila and lie. But like, that is a truly ballsy quote. If Sheila really did say, don't worry about this guy, I'm going to kill him next weekend. (laughs) But also, if Sheila had said that to Sandra, it's weird that they would then all go to the Billy Idol concert and they were like posting videos of themselves laughing, singing, hugging and hanging out. Like if when we were on my bachelorette weekend in Vegas, we were getting ready to go to Chris Angel and you were like, who's this friend that we haven't met yet? And I was like, don't worry about it. I'm murdering them next weekend. (laughs) Would we then post a bunch of really fun, happy Well, maybe because you want plausible deniability. You want... Maybe you want to be like, no, we're friends. Look how much fun we were just having. It's just such a weird exchange. I don't I don't doubt for one minute. Also, nothing could keep you from posting about a really fun (laughs) weekend. Of course. (laughs) I don't and I don't doubt for one minute that either of these suspects were running their mouth about this because multiple people said that they were. What what confuses me is like why Sean even gives a shit whether or not he denies that you know, Sandra and Sheila had this conversation in the lobby when Huang Li also had this conversation with him separately. Like, what's the point of right. that? I don't It's just fucking weird. I don't know. What's and the, the whole motive. Why do they? We're, want, get, we're okay. getting to it. Okay. We're getting to it. You know, just as we've been saying, this whole like ex-mother-in-law, daughter-in-law friendship feels really gross and weird to me. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's completely legit that Sheila and Wang were both running their mouths about this plan. It, it, that seems to track. Okay. So a week after the concert, Sheila, Wong, and Ty go out fishing. They go out lobster fishing. Sheila's done this a million times. You know, Huang is like, she's the lobster whisperer. Like, she always knows where the best stuff is. Is this that so, night or is this during yes. the day? No, this is that night, oh, okay. the, the night of the murder. According to Huang, Ty had owed him some money from either a previous drug deal or sale or some other arrangement, but had fallen on hard times and not only wouldn't pay him back, but asked him that night on the boat for an additional $2,000 in loaned funds. 
Maybe he shouldn't have gone to Vegas. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe he thought he would win it back. Maybe he thought so. Huang refused to give him more money and was like, fuck you, you still owe me money from this other thing. Which angered Tai, again, this is all according to Huang's testimony, which angered Tai and Tai pulled a gun from his waistband. Convenient. Mm-hmm. Huang claims that Tai pressed the gun against his stomach and Huang wrestled it out of his hand. He claimed that during the struggle, a shot went off, hitting no one, but the struggle continued and a second shot fired, this time hitting Tai Dao. Mm-hmm. Taking the opportunity to defend himself when Tai had been hit and so he was distracted, Huang claims he then hit Tai over the head with a broomstick and pushed him overboard in self-defense. Mm-hmm. He claimed Tai was continuing to scream that he was going to kill Huang even after he had hit the water, so Sheila and Tai sped away to safety. Yeah, we were scared of this unarmed man alone with a gunshot in the wound. ocean at night with in a gunshot pitch wound. Darkness. So we couldn't get him back on the boat. We had we were scared of him. We had to speed away. Yeah, correct. Allegedly, He's, one of the guy's best friends too. Yep, amazing. He said, "Quote: I was scared, so I told Sheila, let's go, let's get away from this area.' Folks are obviously calling bullshit on this, and felt confident that this killing was premeditated." There are a million holes in this story that he's tell- he's yeah. telling. One literal hole being the gunshot wound <laughs> I was in make that joke. I was like, well, there are two holes. Yeah. <laughs> in that Tai Dao sustained the the wound that act- the the shot that actually hit him was in his back. Oh. Which was not consistent uh, with the grapple and accidental no. shooting story. Absolutely okay. not. This dude Quote, was you- murdered. I'm so sorry. Exactly. Quote, you might begin and end your analysis of self-defense with that fact, said Attorney General Gregory Scally, which I think is an adorable name. <laughs> Scallywag. Scally Greg. If James Dow shot himself, he's quite the contortionist. Mm-hmm. So this is the guy who said this in court. Second hole, Lee could not account for what he and Sheila did right after going back to shore. Ate a bunch of lobster? Oh, I wish. That would have been the better. <laughs> she really they certainly didn't go to the police. Whisperer. Mm-hmm. Turns out they placed a GPS tracking device on the vehicle of a woman named Natalie Wynn, who was the girlfriend of the deceased. They intended to track and essentially stalk her in the hopes of stealing whatever life insurance money would come from Ty's untimely death. What? And there were receipts. Not only did the FBI find the GPS tracking device and confiscate it, they also found text messages from Lee to Natalie Wynn and other people inquiring about and discussing a life insurance policy for Ty. Don't text Yo, I know. anything incriminating. Call, don't text. And I will not answer because I hate talking on the phone, but <laughs> at least you won't be sending me a, hey, what's your life insurance policy situation? And also, do you want to go fishing next weekend? <laughs> At night. Like, these are the dumbest criminals wow. of and all fucking time. blooded Really cold-blooded. It's bad. Hong Lee or Wang Lee had also told his friend Sean about this, like about the life insurance situation, and showed him a 38 caliber gun that he had in his possession, which is a firearm that's consistent with the gunshot wound found in Tai Dao's back. Well, so Tai never had a fucking gun on him on the boat, most likely. Oh my God. When you set up a murder scheme, you want to make sure that as many Everyone people as knows. possible know all the details. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motive mm-hmm. means an opportunity and intention. Yep. Got to mm-hmm. tell that to multiple people. Exactly. And finally, the autopsy report indicated upwards of nine 
blunt force trauma wounds or marks on Ty Dow's head, which is inconsistent with Lee's claim that he hit him like once with a broomstick yeah, a broom to incapacitate stick. him and then push him over the, mm-hmm. the edge of the boat. It also sure didn't help that Sheila's police interviews were sketchy as shit. <laughs> she claimed she didn't even know Ty before Wong had invited him out fishing, even though she'd been in Vegas with him at the Billy Idol concert a week prior. Oh, my God. Quote, during a December 2019 interview with federal investigators, Ritzy told a series of lies, including when she falsely said she had never met the victim prior to the fatal October 15th, 2019 boat trip. Oh, my God. According to the Department of Justice. She also said in a police interview that she has no idea why they're investigating Wong Lee, that he's a great guy who helps a lot of people. Like me, get insurance yeah. fraud. Exactly. <laughs> so and it's drugs. clear they're and drugs, yep. So it's clear they're trying to cover up their connections and their involvement, despite Huang later cl- uh, claiming that this was all an act of self-defense, that they mm-hmm. were in fear for their lives. Yeah, they but did then, not like, get why- their story straight. No, and then it's like, why did you not go to the police and instead put a tracking device on the deceased dead, you know, the deceased girlfriend that you'd already texted to and about multiple times about a life insurance policy? <laughs> like, honey, <laughs> fucking... Could your trail of breadcrumbs be any? It's just a bright yellow paint line that you've now drawn, and you're covered in the paint. You're a mess. You're an absolute mess. So, uh, yeah, this assistant U.S. Attorney General Scally, Scallywag, made it clear during the trial that Dow was not dead when he was dumped overboard because the autopsy showed the cause of death was drowning. Mm. Uh, and he says, beating, shooting, and then leaving the victim so far from shore shows they intended to kill Dow. This was no accident. Yeah, in a very brutal way. Yeah. And ultimately, the jury agreed. Wang Lee was convicted of first-degree murder with, uh, within the special maritime and territorial jurisdiction of the U.S., as well as conspiracy to commit murder and using a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence. He was sentenced to a mandatory uh, life in prison. Quote, Lee committed murder, and as a result, the victim's family will never see him again. What about Sheila? We'll get to it. Prosecutors wrote in a sentencing uh, memorandum filed in court, Lee's crime has left a grieving mother, grieving widow, grieving brothers, a grieving sister, and two fatherless small children. Mm. As for Sheila, she won't be lobster fishing for a while either. She was sentenced to 262 months in federal prison on charges of second-degree murder within the Special Maritime and Territorial Jurisdiction of the United States and making false statements. So they both went away. She's going away for a long time, but not for life. She'll eventually get out. Mm -hmm. The victim's mother, this is really sad, but I just felt like you got to finish a story like this actually honoring this poor guy who got fucking killed. For nothing. For absolutely nothing. So the victim's mother, Anne Tran said in a victim impact statement to the U.S. District Judge David O. Carter that she would, quote, never be able to get over this nightmare and every day is a tearful reminder that I will never see my son again and his daughters will grow up not knowing their father. You often spent time together with my son's two young daughters. They called you uncle and thought of you as family. Oh, my God. How could you so mercilessly and violently murder him like this? It was incredibly heartbreaking and agonizing to sit in court every single day for months and see and hear all the gruesome details of this case. You lured my son by taking him on what he thought was a fishing trip. Then you shot him and brutalized him with metal hooks. I guess maybe that's what he was beaten with. I didn't see the details on that. And left him to drown a slow, painful death in the darkness of the cold ocean. Yeah. Tran added that Lee never felt any pangs of conscience and said, quote, you continued to enjoy your life, brag about being a hitman, and tried to intimidate his family by tracking them. 
You have not only killed him, but you have destroyed his family and ruined all of our lives. Yeah. Oh my Isn't god. Isn't that fucking wild? Yes. It's wild. It's no it's no Russian nesting doll shark regurgitation, <laughs> but it's pretty bomb. Well, actually yeah. both of our cases have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. So, we've got like a group of like criminal friends mm-hmm. committing fraud mm-hmm. and killing each other out on yep. the open ocean. Yep. Anyway, yeah, yeah, lots of people case, like man. in cahoots and like kind of snitching on each other too. A lot of cahoots and not locked up cahoots, like not tightened up ca- cahoots. Yeah. These cahoots were loose as fuck. Loose cahoots. Loose cahoots. Yeah. <laughs> make sure Worst you're a cahoot. <laughs> yeah. The wor- make sure you don't have, you're not riddled with loose cahoots when you're trying to pull off Suffering a from loose cahoots. <laughs> I'm always suffering from loose cahoots. I would never get away with anything ever. <laughs> and also, wow. my blue hair is shed everywhere. My, yeah. The evidence would be overwhelming. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my case, folks. Well done. Good Real job, sad. guys. All Thank right. you. Well, uh, we'll talk to you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!